This episode of the Bamboo Pastors Podcast has been brought to you by the Growth Center for Church and Mission. The Growth Center has established the Entrepreneurial Ministry Leader, a ministry ecosystem which brings together pastors, ministry leaders, and marketplace leaders who are finding creative ways to utilize their faith and their talents to bring the gospel to the cities and communities they live in. Check them out at thegrowthcenter.com. Welcome to the Bamboo Pastors Podcast, a podcast that explores the joys and challenges of being an English-speaking pastor in a Chinese church. I'm Jalen Chan, and I'm here with my co-host, John Mon. Hey, everyone. Together, we host the Bamboo Pastors Podcast. We're glad that you're here with us. Come on in and have a seat at the table. All right, we are back. Man, that was quite a break. Jalen, uh, it's so good to be on here tonight recording this podcast with you. I think we told our listeners we were taking like a couple months break, usually couples like two, maybe three, um, but it's been like four or five months. And so sometimes that just happens. You know, this is not our full time job. And so it's good to finally be back on Zoom recording with you. For all you listeners, I just want to admit that the lead up to hitting the recording button was a bit of a mess because it was it's not like riding a bike and reminding ourselves how we do this after five months of break um was not easy so but yes Jalen, it's good to see you how have you been good to see you john uh, i feel like we haven't seen each other for a while it's true although i think the last time we saw each other was in florida yeah that's is that true. right yeah so so oh, no, no, no. You, that's not you, true I no. saw you in August, and we're going to talk about why in a moment. Oh, yes, that's right. We did. How could I forget? How could I forget? But we did see each other over the summer in Florida, even though you live in California. Mm-hmm. I live in Illinois. Yes. Uh, we just decided to triangulate and meet in Florida. Yeah. Totally natural. That's totally. totally in the middle between California and Illinois. Exactly. Yeah. But yeah, things are going well. Uh, you know, now that it's the fall here, kids are back in school. Jenny's back at school with them. All five of my kids now are at the, the Christian school that we send our kids to Christian Heritage Academy. And so uh, it's still a transition. We're like a month and a half in. Mm-hmm. And so it's been, it's been challenging at times, but I think also, you know, we've been praying about it a lot and we've been trying to talk our kids through it a lot. So I feel like it's been, it's been good for them. And I think it's been good for us. So we're getting into a rhythm. So that's yeah. good. That's good. Yeah. The start of the school year is always a little bit chaotic, if I remember from For watching sure. you guys go through it. And every time you had a new kid start school, it was, you know, multiply it by now by five now. That's right. <laughs> that chaos. So yeah, that's right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it is good to be back on the podcast. It's good mm-hmm. to be chatting with you. And I'm I'm excited. We talked just a, a briefly before we started recording now today about yeah. what, what we're looking forward to, like some of the guests that we're hoping to have on and mm-hmm. some really exciting guests that we have. So stay tuned for that. That'll be really exciting. But I know that for you and I, what we want to do on this first episode for, I guess this is season three for us. I know. Crazy, right? Crazy. Yeah. Season three. Yeah. Episode, uh, we just want like, to catch up a little bit. 64, I think. Yeah. 64? 64. 65, yeah. maybe? 64. Okay. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought you know, I think we're just going to kind of catch up a little bit. There are some, some big changes, uh, maybe not necessarily changes, but some new mm-hmm. things that are happening mm-hmm. in our lives and our ministry. And so that might be fun just for us to talk about a little bit and just have our listeners kind of 
yeah get a get a get a little window into what's happening mm -hmm. in our lives so yeah we should we should just start with the reason why i saw you in august since sounds good kind of referenced that already that's right technically it was the last day of july july oh, 31st right. i was okay. uh i was ordained um yeah. and that was a process that was really interesting um you know to be honest like i for me ordination was not a huge deal mm -hmm. um you know i felt like uh, I know that I'm called to this particular church and these, and these particular people, and I feel like they have a, um, a healthy um, respect and, um, uh, I don't know, the word submission seems so strong there, but they, you know, I think there's a mutual love for one another mm -hmm. and yeah. just a recognition of just my role as their shepherd. And so just sort of the, the official or ordination was not a huge thing for me, but I realized that for our Chinese congregation, it, it is a big deal, mm -hmm. you know, to have the pastors at our church be ordained is such a big thing. And so actually earlier this year, before the summer, even uh, a few people would just randomly say like, Hey, are, why are you not ordained? And these are leaders, right? These are like yeah. elders and elders wives. And they just be like, Hey, why are you not ordained? Um, are you interested in ordination? You know, you should be ordained. And so they finally came out and they were like, can you ask, can you request your board to request the Chinese <laughs> board that you be ordained? Yes. Be <laughs> and I realized, it, right. And I realized that it was, it's, it, it is a big deal for them. And for them to ask me to do that was them saying, we trust you, mm -hmm. we love you. And we want to actually, in some ways, like honor you this way, but also, um, that we want, we want to, uh, convey that sort of, you know, um, that, that title, that honor for, for you. And so yeah. I, I felt really moved by that, touched by that. And I, and I saw it as an opportunity for us and our leadership in the English congregation to really, you know, connect well, to show unity, to show mutual love and respect, mm -hmm. uh, by going through that process. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I think for me, like just, I've always seen ordination um, as uh, something that I feel like pastors eventually go through and um, have defined it as uh, the opportunity for the church, whether it's the local church or maybe like a denominational body, uh, really recognizing and affirming the calling that God puts on our lives. I don't think ordination determines that calling. I think it's a it it helps us confirm it, you know, right. helps us observe it and see it. It's done through relationship done over years of faithful service. And, um, and so I think it, it's, it's really great that the church recognized that and then really moved you into that process. And I'm glad that they did that. Um, but for some of our listeners who maybe may, might not be super familiar with the process of what that actually looked like, why don't you, why don't you walk us through? Because actually, even I think what you did, was different from what I had to do in the Christian and Missionary Alliance or in my district back when I was serving at the church in Wheaton. We had very different processes. That's for, right. For this. Yeah. And I think most denominations have their own process for mm -hmm. ordination, right? I, yeah. Oh, even, even between the two districts that I, the one that I served in then and the one I'm in now, the process has been different. So oh, wow. I look at the guys who are doing it here in my district now and I'm like, Oh, I, it feels kind of like this is a little bit easier than what I had to go through, but I'm I, still thankful, still thankful for the process that I originally did. You, when you told me your process for ordination, I don't think there are very many other churches or denominations that have that 
level of just like responsibility or requirements. So yeah, it was um, pretty rigorous. I definitely got off easy compared to what you had to do. <laughs> but for us, what we did was um, they asked me to um, identify four or five other ordained pastors. Uh, you were one of them who would serve as the ordination council. Mm -hmm. And they basically asked me to write a paper on my calling, some of my uh, theology, uh, philosophy of ministry, um, and just sort of my, my heart for the work of pastoral ministry. And so, I mean, there's a lot there that you could kind of go on and I, I certainly could mm -hmm. talk about that forever, but they, they had me kind of limit it to four or five pages. And so I wrote that paper, I submitted it to my ordination council and they reviewed it. And then we had sort of a, I don't think they wanted to call it. I don't think you guys wanted to call it an interview, but it was pretty much an interview, yes. right? Where yeah. you guys asked me questions along those kind of lines of what I wrote my paper on. Yeah. And so, um, you know, I, I, I think the, the goal was to keep it about an hour long for the interview. It lasted like two and a half hours or something <laughs> like that. Uh, maybe that was just me talking too much. Hey, you but, know, it was good times though. And I remember listening to your responses and the thing that I really enjoyed, um, and maybe this is different. Like when I went through the interview portion of my ordination, I, I knew some of the pastors that were on that council, but they didn't, not all of them knew me well. You know, I knew them from distance or, they were in their in our in my district from other churches, but I felt like all of the guys that were on your or ordination council, like we all have known you for varying, you know, amounts of years. We've all seen you in action, seen you serving, and so for me, it was really nice to see the connection between not just what you had written and what you were answering, but like it being lived out. And so I think that was really just really an encouragement for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just thinking out loud here. But maybe your church will let us use uh, your some of your interview stuff and we can uh, make an episode out of it or something like that. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so that yeah, it was it was it was good. And I think um, and then on July 31st, that was the day that we mm -hmm. had the mm -hmm. actual ceremony. Um, and uh, each of each of you guys on my ordination council served a different role during the ceremony. Um, yeah. And it was, it was great. We had cake afterwards. So mm -hmm. let's talk about that for a second, because one of the things that I kind of dreaded going into your, uh, into your ordination ceremony was that your church is fairly traditional and, right. you know, they like the full clerk clerical robe, you know, and that's not something that, uh, that my church here typically does. And so I don't own a pair of those. <laughs> and so I had to go like run around looking to figure out who's like my size and then I could borrow it. Thankfully, I'm thankful to our friend Tony uh, who let me borrow his um, his clerical robe. And um, I think he said that that was his way to participate in in this process. That's right. Um, Vicariously. Yeah. Through the robe. Yeah. Yeah. And then Shout out to Tony. Thank you. Tony. <laughs> and then the other the other thing, not, not a complaint, Jalen, just an observation is that it just really, really hot in that, under that robe, wearing a suit in the middle of Chicago, humid summer. And I felt like- Oh, John, I, I know, I know. I <laughs> preach, I preach every Sunday Yes. in that sanctuary. Our air conditioning is broken. 
Hmm. It's not, well, it works, but it's so loud that you can, it's just so distracting. Yeah. So we typically, whenever we have somebody speaking, yeah, we just turn it off. So that's why it gets super hot in there. So and the choice is to hear or to be cool. That's correct. <laughs> yes. Gotcha. So. And really suffering for Jesus there. So. That's right. Yeah. I've lost a lot of weight this summer. Just <laughs> preaching. But uh, yeah, but it was, it was just such a joy to be there and to celebrate with you. And um, yeah, really, I think to um, recognize what the Lord has called you to and what he's done in your life. So that was good. Fun time. Thank you for being there. I yeah. And, and I, I kept saying this because that's the second time that I've had to find a robe to borrow. You know, first time was for Pearson. And I kept telling myself, well, I'll never have to need, I'll never have to use one of these again. So I, I just still won't buy one. But now it's the second time. So I feel like maybe I should look into getting one. But they're Third just so going to be the charm. They're yeah. so expensive, though. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah. Another thing that uh, was really exciting for, for us in our ministry uh, is that we hired a youth pastor. And uh, we're hoping to have him on the podcast sometime mm-hmm. soon. So look out for that. His name is Taylor Baird. He is also a graduate of Moody Bible Institute, as the two of us are. Yes. And so that's super exciting. Um, but he actually found out about our church because of our podcast. And so I, he had somehow gotten a hold of our podcast, was listening to it, and then which just had heard that we were in need of a youth mm-hmm. pastor and so reached out so yes. um this podcast has been such a huge blessing for yeah maybe for me, we, should we church. be charging your search committee an advertising fee <laughs> yeah yeah a finder's fee yeah yeah i have thought about that like what if we if churches were looking for pastors they wanted to share open roles should we do like some sort of every week we feature a role maybe i don't know i guess that that would require us to endorse whatever church had Ooh, an opening. So that tricky. would probably, that would probably be more work and require us to put, yeah, some thought into that. So maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe not, not. But, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then one more thing that happened for us, which we're really excited about is uh, we at our church have formed a pastor elder council. We call it the PEC. And uh, that kind of grew out of, uh, I, I've shared before that our church has been part of the TICI projects. It's, it's the Thriving Immigrant Churches Initiative that's being led by Trinity uh, up here in Deerfield. And um, that was kind of an action step coming out of some of the things that we we're learning at TICI. Uh, we just felt that because our church, you know, we, we have two congregations, the Mandarin congregation, English congregation, we've operated pretty independently for, for you know, for, for, a couple decades. And so we have separate boards, we have separate finances, we have separate leadership teams and ministry teams. And so essentially at its worst, we're just kind of roommates and Hmm. we just kind of go about business, go about ministry on our own. And that really misses, we miss out on the opportunity to do life together well. And we miss out on the opportunity to what I think we see in John 17 is to be missional together. It's to proclaim the gospel through the unity that we experience uh, by, by being cross congregational and, um, and being intentionally interdependent. And so mm-hmm. we formed this committee. Uh, it's myself and the Chinese pastor, uh, two Chinese elders and one English elder. And the five of us are working together to 
basically um, do life together and have that be a trickle down effect to the rest of our congregation. Yeah. And so uh, we meet every month, we meet once a month, but on alternating months, we have one meeting that's just solely focused on ministry, shepherding issues. How can we grow our church together as one, make decisions that will benefit both congregations. And then on the other month, um, we have dinner for the first half of it. Mm. And we just ask like random icebreaker questions to each other. Like what's your favorite worship song or what is your favorite hobby or you know, what did you do? What was your favorite thing to do growing up? Mm -hmm. And those are questions that we've never asked each other before because we're in ministry all the time. Right. And so it's always like just ministry stuff. It's always business stuff, but I think having dinner together, having that table fellowship, and then conversing over just our lives outside of ministry is so valuable to deepening our bond together. And so that has been such an incredible gift for I think our, our leadership teams and our church, and we're hoping to see, it's only been a few months that we've been doing this, but we're hoping to see um, more of that kind of, again, trickle down to our congregations and really benefit the the move towards interdependence and unity. So hmm. we're excited about that. Oh, that's so good. I'm so glad for you guys. I think yeah. probably, I know things like that don't happen overnight. So the groundwork for this has probably been laid over the last you know, a few years or maybe even longer than that. But Mm -hmm. I know even just kind of going back to your ordination, like working with the Chinese pastor at your church and um, seeing how well you two work together. And I think how much mutual respect there is for one another and your ministries. Like, I I just, I feel like I only see, can see good things coming from, from this. So that's exciting for you guys, the new hire, kind of a new season at church and, you know, new title too. So very exciting. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. How about for you? What's going on with you? I know there's, I know there's a lot for you going on too. So yeah, it's been a crazy, crazy summer. I think like basically the week after we stopped recording last spring, I went into this like two month schedule of summer ministry where I thought I had left some of these days behind me during my time as a youth pastor. Uh, but I picked up a bunch of like speaking engagements, worship leading engagements, um, and and a ton of travel. So I think I was like in and out of the Bay Area for two months, spoke at a retreat in Chicago, um, you know, went to Florida, spoke at a conference there, uh, went back to the Bay, went back to Chicago, did a camp, did your ordination. So it was it was really, really crazy and busy. Um, and I enjoyed it. But I also realized that now, you know, 14 years into ministry, like my body doesn't handle that as well as it, as I probably did when I was younger. Um, but I'm thankful that the Lord sustained me and I made it through. Uh, but I think so. So in some ways that was kind of like a normal summer for me. Uh, it was abnormal. I think considering the last two years had been with COVID. So it's just like less of those things going on. Um, but I think what made it really a, a busy summer was at the same time, I was navigating a transition of my role at church. And so, you know, when I started at this church in San Jose, at San Jose Christian Alliance Church, that they hired me as the worship pastor. And then pretty soon after I arrived, I added young adult ministry, um, you know, to my responsibilities. And, and and of those two, I think I'm capable of doing both. But the one that I really resonate with, the one that I'm really passionate about is our young adult ministry. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I love worship as well, but I think just 
the way the Lord has really wired me as a pastor fits well with what I think works well with that generation or even with young people. Yeah. And I, I would totally affirm that. I mean, I know that you're gifted in music and I know that you can lead a worship team and lead a worship set, but certainly I think where you're gifted and the way that you're wired is certainly to be with people, to disciple people, to be in close relationship and proximity with people. So I'm super excited that you're doing that, but yeah, tell, tell me, tell me more about like how yeah. it's been going. No. And, and I think like that was something that was pretty apparent to most of the people that I was working with. And, um, and so just as I was increasing my responsibilities with our young adults, um, it kind of became apparent that I needed to shift my focus um, for church. Um, but, but the secondary issue, and this is why it's kind of a longer story rather than just a switch from worship to young adult pastor, um, I actually moved from being the worship pastor to being our next generation pastor. And so that title's slightly different and encompasses a little bit more than just our 20 somethings. Um, but our church is going through some shifts. You know, we've got a few folks retiring and we're in a new season of ministry coming off of two years of COVID and having to change the way we do things and reevaluate, you know, kind of what we came from and where we're headed and where God is leading us. And so I think uh, as a church, we came to the conclusion um, a little bit before the summer that uh, we're kind of heading into a new season and shifting some of our existing staff their responsibilities around and um and especially in our youth ministry i think that that uh meant shifting two of our pastors um to roles that were relatively new for both of them um and so what my church decided what uh, ted my lead pastor decided um and felt was a good fit for me is not just to kind of shift me from the worship ministry towards young adult ministry, but actually give me an opportunity to use my experience and the years that I served as a youth pastor to kind of come alongside our two youth pastors and really work with them and share, you know, some of the things that I've learned along the way and helped, uh, help, I think, cast vision for our entire next generation ministry. So now my role, uh, even though I directly work with young adults, it actually has shifted to include everything from youth through our young adult ministry. So junior high, high school, college, young adult. Now I, I do not have the energy, like I said earlier, to be at youth group every Saturday night with them, uh, but I, I do enjoy it. And I've had a lot of opportunities since that transition began uh, to really work closely with our youth pastors and with the youth ministry and our college ministry. And, and so it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. And I, I think that's, again, fits so much like your, your personality. And I think your, your approach to ministry. And I, I'm, I'm super glad that your church and um, your other leaders acknowledged and recognized that and kind of mm -hmm. moved you into this role, because I think that totally fits who you are and, and the way that you want to serve and minister. So mm -hmm. that's super exciting. Uh, is there, so do you not lead worship at all then? Uh, no, so I'm still leading worship because one, um, you know, I think that if I just completely vacated everything I was doing, uh, people might freak out a little. So I think that we're doing a slower transition, um, pulling back some of the things that I'm doing with that I have done with our worship ministry, but I still lead regularly. Um, my worship team at our main campus for the last two years has been a, a youth team. And so it, it was actually a great way to kind of, you know, build relationship with the students who I would eventually now be serving and helping 
um, to cast vision for, I was getting to know them through my worship team. So I'm still doing that, still trying to develop young worship leaders through that. Um, but uh, yeah, I think part of the, the role change is, is really also to help our church change what their expectation of me is. Mm-hmm. And so that people don't feel like, well, why is he, you know, always talking about young adult ministry? It's like, I do do this a lot. Like when I'm preaching, I use a lot of, of examples from our young adult ministry, um, but maybe I don't talk about our worship ministry quite as much. And uh, now the expectation is like, oh, it totally makes sense why John's always talking about young adults or talking about youth group or college. Um, and so, yeah, it's just kind of funny how when I left, you know, the church in Wheaton, that I I still wanted to serve in youth ministry, but I felt like the Lord was calling me into something new. And so, you know, I had to follow his leading by obedience and come out to California and do this worship thing. But it's it's funny how the Lord kind of brings us back into, I think, both what we're passionate about, but it, it's different. Like now I'm not doing youth ministry the way I was, you know, 10 years ago. Um, right because now it's at a much kind of like a, like the 30,000 foot view rather than the on the ground view. And it, it's different. So I, I feel like I'm learning a lot through this and I'm learning a lot about leading a team and working with these other guys and how to, how do I lead them, but also let them um, step into the calling that God's given them. And so it's, it's been, it's been a blast. I've really enjoyed it. Other than that, Jalen, I don't know if I have a whole lot of new things going on well, definitely, it has been a super busy summer for yeah, both of us and beyond sure. summer. I mean, before the summer, even now as we kind of shifted away from summer. But all in all, we are excited to get back to podcasting. Yeah. We're excited for some of the guests that are coming. So, yeah, in the coming weeks, look forward to some really great conversations, more talk about the joys and challenges of being in Chinese heritage churches and Chinese heritage ministries and what that's going to mean for the broader church. I'm excited about not just the direction of our podcast, not just the direction of our individual churches, but also the trajectory of the broader church and how the Chinese Heritage Church contributes to that. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Season three, here we go. Here we go. All right, John, good to see you. Yep. Good to see you too, John. That's the end of our episode. Thanks for joining us today on the Bamboo Pastors podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the pod on whatever platform you listen to us on. Rate and review us and check in every week as we explore the joys and challenges of ministry in the Chinese church. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Bamboo Pastors. See you next time.